This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Abgenommen, bedauert. American adventures comes Bulldog Drummond. Come with me to North Beach, one of the finest beaches in the Atlantic. Famous for its swimming, sports, and for Wind's Wonderland, a gay, exciting sportland without equal. Anthony Wynn, an old friend of mine from Mayfair, had opened his fun palace on Sound, a short run out of the city. That evening, a gay crowd had gathered. They'd come for thrills, for laughter. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Wind's Wonderland on the Sound, the greatest playland, the greatest thrill land in the East. Come closer, ladies and gentlemen. See the greatest thrill ride in America, the fastest, raciest, the most daring roller coaster ride in the world, the whirlwind. The tenth part of a dollar, ladies and gentlemen, ten cents to ride with the wind, to feel the thrill of flying, to live dangerously. Step right up for right this way. All off into the ride. All right, mister, this is the end of the line. All off. Hey, mister. Hey, Barker. Barker, come here. Something's the matter with this guy here. Now, what's going on here? Hey, look, mister, you have to get off or pay for another ride. Hey, now, do you hear me? Hey, stand back, please. Don't crap. Hey. What's the matter with him? This man is dead. Hey, move back there. Let me get him off. Now, wait a minute. Jump on your hose of It's Mr. Wynn, the owner of the place. Captain Drummond speaking. Oh, Captain Drummond, thank goodness I've reached you. 
This is Isabel Wynn. Do you remember Anthony Wynn's daughter? Anthony Wynn? Why, of course, Miss Wynn. How are you? It's been two years since I've seen you. How's father? Captain Drummond, something terrible has happened. What is it? My father. He's dead. Dead? Yes, they say it was an accident, but I know better. It was murder. Somebody killed my father. Murder? Now, Miss Wynn, uh, tell me as simply as you can what happened. I don't know. I saw father only a half hour ago, and he was fine then. And then they told me that he'd been riding on the roller coaster, and they found him in his seat dead. But what makes you think it's murder? Father didn't just die. I know he didn't. Somebody killed him, Captain Robin. And you've got to help me. You've got to come out here. Now, Miss Wynn, I'll do whatever I possibly can. Denny and I'll leave immediately. Tell me, where are you now? At the Wonderland, out at North Beach. All right. Now, please try to steady yourself. Hold tight until we get there. And, Miss Wynn, don't tell anyone you think your father's death was murder. Miss Wynn, are you sure you're all right? Yes, Captain Drummond. I was upset when I spoke to you, but I'm all right now. Really, I am. You're very brave, Miss Wynn, very brave. But this is Miller, our barker, Captain Drummond. He's the man who first found father. How do you do, Miller? Now, can you tell me exactly what happened? Well, uh, the roller coaster came in at the end of the ride, and uh, I saw someone lying slumped over in his seat. I didn't know it was Mr. Wynn until I went over and picked him up. And there he was, Captain Drummond, dead. How was he lying? Well, like I said, slumped over, his head down on his chest, way over on the right side of the car. What was Mr. Wynn doing on that ride? Well, I guess he was testing it. What do you mean, testing it? Well, he did it every week, just about this time. He'd always take the ride himself to see if the whirlwind was in good condition. He's been doing it for years. Yes, that's right, Captain Drummond. Father well, said he'd never ask a patron to ride on the coaster if he himself wouldn't ride on it. Hmm. But why should this ride have killed him, then? I don't know, Captain. The doctor here said it was his heart. Well, it's true. Father's heart was never good. And recently, he'd taken a turn for the worse. Miller and I finally persuaded him to see a doctor about it. We drove in together yesterday. And the doctor said to avoid overstrain and sudden shock. Miss Wynn, I never saw your father get on a whirlwind. If I had, I'd have stopped him. Yes, I know you would, Miller. Thank you. Well, Miller, you've been very helpful. I think you'd better get back to your work now. The crowd seems a little jittery, upset by the accident. See what you can do to quiet. All right, I'll do my best, Captain Drummond. If you should need me, I'll uh, be glad to help. Miss Wynn, I, I don't like to ask you this again, but... What makes you think your father was murdered? I made him promise me yesterday, after we'd seen the doctor, that he wouldn't go on the whirlwind again. And he said that he'd let Miller test it in the future. So Captain Drummond's father didn't go on that ride voluntarily. Hmm. Had your father any enemies here? Enemies? No. Except perhaps Mr. Carlson, but... No, I, I wouldn't say they were enemies. Mr. Carlson? Yes, he's the owner of the large oyster house a few piers down on the Sound. You see that neon sign on the yacht out there in the bay? Uh, where? No, no, there. That that ship anchored just beyond the jetty. Oh, yes, yes, I see. Yes. Carlson's oysters are in season. Pretty color that sign makes. That's it. He's a sort of competitor of father's. He runs a resort on the Jersey coast. And he made us an offer to buy out the Wonderland a few days ago, but my father wouldn't sell. They had some words about it, but nothing serious. I see. Did he threaten your father? Oh, no. No, nothing like that. Why, Captain Drummond, you don't think... I don't think anything yet, Miss Wynn. I'm just asking questions. And the next thing I want to know is how to take a ride on the roller coaster. Denny and I are going for a trip on the whirlwind.
you all right back there, Denny? Oh, yes, sir. This is quite a ride, sir. Quite a daring ride. You're right. That last dip was very steep. Steep enough, I'd say, to kill a man with a weak heart. You, you mean, sir, you believe Mr. Wynne was really killed? I'm not sure yet. Oh, wait, wait, don't move, Denny. Uh, what's that, sir? Don't move. Now, tell me, where are you sitting? Why, here, sir. Back here on the left side of the seat. That's it, on the left side of the seat. That last dip curves sharply to the right. The speed of the roller coaster would naturally throw us both to the left. Yes, naturally, sir. I purposely sat alone in the front seat, Denny, with you in the seat behind me, to see what would happen. Well, I'm sorry to be dull, sir, but I don't see what you're driving at. Miller, the barker, told us that he found Wynne's body slumped over in the front seat on the right-hand side of the car. That means he couldn't possibly have been on that ride alone. Otherwise, that last dip would have thrown him over to the left the way it did us. Then he wasn't alone, sir, when he took that fatal ride. No. Someone rode alongside of him. Someone who knew he had a weak heart and knew he couldn't stand the shock of that last drop. Someone who forced him on that ride. Then you mean, sir... That Miss Wynne was right. Her father didn't die accidentally. Mr. Wynne was murdered on his own roller coaster. Well, Isabel, you were right. When father was murdered, Captain Jones. Yes. Someone forced him on that roller coaster, knowing the sharp curves and drops would be too much for his heart. But why? Well, who would want to do that, sir? I don't know yet. Now, Isabel, I want you to tell me what other attractions you have here at Wonderland. Well, we have a shooting gallery here, as you see. Yes. And uh, what's down there? Well, just past the shooting range over to the left, you can see the whirl of the lawn. Then there's the carousel across the road. Why, what are you after, Captain Drummond? I don't know yet. I'm just getting an idea. Go on. That's about all. Except for the whirlwind and the ride in the moonlight. A ride in the moonlight? What's that? Oh, it sounds very romantic, sir. It is. It's a kind of modern old mill built right out into the water. You know, a boy and a girl like a boat ride in the moonlight. Well, we fixed up some boats with outboard motors, and the couples take them out on the sound. I'd like to see that ride, Isabel. It's just around the corner here, but I don't think you'll find it very exciting, Captain. You can't tell. Well, there it is, ride in the moonlight. See, the boats leave through that passageway on the right, and they ride under a tunnel for about 50 yards, and then they're out in the sound. The route beyond the tunnel is marked by buoys, and you run along the sound for about a minute, and then back through another tunnel to the start. Hmm. Very ingenious. It sounds very attractive. It's very popular, too. Isabel, would you... Care to take a ride in the moonlight with me? Uh, with me and Denny, of course. Why, yes, Captain Drummond, if you think it worthwhile. I do. Ah, here's a boat, sir. It's called the Rhoda. You see, all the boats have names. A very pretty craft, if I may say so. All right, the Rhoda will do. Oh, excuse me, sir, Miss Wynne, uh, but the Rhoda's out of commission. We got to overhaul her. Why not take this boat, the Marianne? She's in shipshape condition and just as comfortable. Very well. The Marianne it is. Uh, give the motor a turn, will you, Danny? Right, sir. Ah, 
ready, sir. Here we go. I say, sir, it's quite dark in this tunnel. That seems to be the idea, Denny. We'll be out on the sound in just a minute now. You haven't noticed anything yet, have you? I mean, anything out of the ordinary? No. Everything seems to be in order. What's that? Well, the motor, sir. I, I think it backfired. That wasn't backfired, Denny. That was a gunshot. Keep low, Isabel. Someone's watching us. Someone's anxious to keep us from learning something. I'll be back in a moment to continue my story. Denny and I discovered that Anthony Wynne, an old friend of mine, was murdered. His accidental death due to heart failure was no accident, but a coldly planned killing. And in our search for the killer, Denny and I were in one of the little ride-in-the-moonlight boats with Isabel, Anthony's daughter. In the darkness of the tunnel, a shot rang out. Keep low, Isabel. Someone's watching us. Someone's anxious to keep us from learning something. Denny, can you speed up that motor? I'll try, sir. No, I can't. It, it's set at a fixed speed. All right, we'll just have to hug the bottom then. Keep down, both of you. Hold on. What's that? What, sir? The Carlson sign on his yacht there. The Oysters are in season sign. See it? Yes. Splashing off and on. I never saw that before. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten flashes. What do you make of it, sir? Denny, what time is it? Oh, it's hard to make out of this light, sir. It's, oh, it's just 15 minutes before 10 o'clock, sir. 10 o'clock, that's it. I think I've got it. We're going to have to work faster than I thought. What do you mean, Captain Drummond? We've got to get back to shore. Denny and I are going to Carlson's Oyster Bar. We're going to investigate some oysters on the half shell. Let's move over to the Oyster Bar, Denny. Is it 10 yet? Almost, sir. It's about three minutes before the hour. Keep your eyes open. For what, sir? Anything unusual. Denny. Yes, sir? That man there at the oyster bar. The one taking the box of oysters, sir? Yes. Yes, I heard him order a dozen oysters to take out. Let's move over and I'll stumble against him. I'll try to knock the package out of his hand. See if you can get one of those oysters. I'll try, sir. Excuse me, sir. Could you spare me a match? I... Oh, I'm... You clumsy fool! Oh, I say, I'm dreadfully sorry. Really, I am here. Let me help you pick them up. Get away from here! Get away, you stumbling idiot! Leave those oysters alone! Don't you touch them! I'll kill you! I don't want your help! Get out of my way, you fool! You bungling fool! Good work, Denny. Yeah, what a friendly temper. There must be something the matter with that man. Did you get one? Did, did you see that man, sir? He turned purple with rage. I never saw anything like it in my life, sir. Yes, yes, I saw him, Denny. And I think I know why. You did get one of the oysters, didn't you? Oh, yes, I did, sir. And most amazing, sir, these oysters aren't opened. I never heard of anyone ordering unopened oysters before, did you, sir? Not unless they aren't to be eaten. What do you mean, Captain Drummond? I'll know in a moment. Give me that oyster, Denny. Uh, no, 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 not here. Come over to the corner. I want to open it. Open it, sir? Give me a knife. Thank you. There, that does it. Well, that isn't an oyster, sir. No, Denny. 
There's a small white package in between these oyster shells. What do you make of it, sir? Come on, I'll tell you as we go. We haven't a moment to waste. We're going for another ride on the Mary Ann. Another exciting ride in the moonlight. Well, what about that oyster, sir? Dope, Denny. Dope, sir? Yes. The oyster house is merely a blind for dope peddling. They take oysters, open them slightly, remove the meat, put in the drug, and close the shells again. I thought it was odd for a man to come up to the oyster bar and order a dozen oysters in season to take out. One doesn't ask for oysters in season unless one means something besides oysters. Oh, I see, sir. And that man I encountered, he must have been a purchaser. That's why he was so furious when I bumped into him. That man was an addict. You notice his face? horrible tenseness of his eyes and the stiffness of his body? Yes, I did. He seemed almost ready to kill me, sir. And he might have, if he'd seen you take an oyster. Such men are desperate, and they'll stand for no interference. Denny, it was this that Mr. Wynne discovered before he was killed. You mean they found out that Mr. Wynne knew of their traffic in the foul drug, eh, sir? Exactly. And Carlson, knowing Mr. Wynne had a weak heart, forced him to ride on the whirlwind, thereby murdering him. Yes, but how could Carlson know that, sir? Miller, the barker. You remember he drove Miss Wynne and her father in to see the doctor yesterday? The Miller's mixed in it, too. I I say, Captain Drummond, where are you taking the boat? You're not following the buoys. You're going out further into the sound. We're taking a detour, Denny. We're going to visit Carlson's yacht. I suspect it's much more than an advertisement for the Oyster House and much more than a yacht. All right, Denny, shut off the motor. We'll glide in. I don't want to broadcast our approach. Right, sir. Look, Denny, that boat there. Why, it's the rotor, sir. But the starter told us it was out of working order. Yes, out of working order for us. But an important part in Carlson's plan. What do you mean, sir? Never mind right now. Let's get up these steps and aboard. Walk quietly, Denny. There's no need to be what? quiet, Captain Drummond. We've been expecting you. Carlson. Yes, Captain Drummond, Carlson. I'm flattered you should know me without an introduction. Oyster house owner, yachtman, and as you have so ably demonstrated, smuggler. But right now, on the business end of a gun. Get up here, quick. Bothery. Very clever, Carlson. Now, back over there to that door. We couldn't understand why you took so long in getting here. Perhaps the Marianne was too slow. You should have tried the rotor. She's much faster, as your charming friend Miss Wynne can tell you. Miss Wynne? Is she... Yes. I took the precaution of inviting Miss Wynne to my yacht. We will say that uh, she is my guest. She occupies the cabin here. Not a very willing guest, I might add, but nevertheless a guest. I warn you, Carlson, if you harm Miss Wynne... Now, Wynn... look, Drummond, I give the orders here. Now, open that door. Down those steps and be quick about it. Pull open that door and get inside. Now, this is the anchor room, Drummond. The room in which the anchor chain piles when we lift anchor. You see the windlass there and the chain attached. I'm uh, sorry it's not very comfortable. 
And when we hoist anchor, you may find it a bit overcrowded. But uh, <laughs> you won't mind it for long. We uh, take off at uh, five past eleven. Just about to pull anchor. You know this is murder, don't you, Carlson? First win, and now us. Win? Murder? Oh, oh that was heart failure, Drummond. Heart failure. You heard the doctor's report. And as for you, I didn't know you'd stowed away on my boat. And I never thought you'd hide in the anchor chain room. Your uh, accidental death will come as a shock to me, Captain Drummond. A great blow. Well, I see we're hoisting anchor. Well, goodbye, uh, Captain Drummond. The door, Denny. Let's see if we can move it. No, it's no use. It's two inches of steel. I'd say the, the chain is beginning to fill up the room, sir. We've got to stop it. We've got to find something to keep that chain from piling in here. Quick, Denny, come around here. Give me a hand with this pipe. Coming, sir. It's one chance in 10,000, Denny, but we've got to take it. This steam pipe here may provide the power for hoisting the anchor. There must be a steam winch somewhere here, and I think this pipe is it. No, sir. Watch it, Denny. That pipe contains live steam. Here, here, take this rag. Wrap it around your hands and pull this way toward me when I say so. Right, sir. I'm ready. All right, then. Pull. Bending. Now, once more, together. Pull. Watch out, Denny. That live steam will spoil you. Keep behind it. Ah, I say you've done it, sir. The anchor stopped moving. Hand me that splintered oar, will you, Denny? Yes, sir. Now, if I can force this piece of rag into the pipe with a stick... I'll be able to plug up that steam. Give me a hand, Denny, but watch out for the steam. Good. Now, help me bend this pipe in the direction of the door. I'll be down in a minute to find out what's wrong, and we'll be able to greet them properly. That's got it. Now, stand back, Denny. What's going on in there? Come on, get out of there, both of you. Miller, here's something you didn't expect. Done it, Denny. The force of that steam was like a blow in the head. Miller's out. Get his gun. Right, sir. Now, help me plug up this pipe. We've got to get on deck. Denny. The sooner we get up on deck, the quicker we'll get to Carson. All right, Drummond. Your little escape is over. Drop that gun. Uh, very clever stopping that anchor. Now, get over there, both of you. Back up against that cabin. It looks as if my anchor method was a little too subtle for you. I've got to use the crudest method of all to get rid of you. A bullet through your head. You'll never get away with this, Carson. I saved the talk. Now, who wants it first? You, Drummond, or you? Good work, Miss Wynn. Get those guns, Denny. I've got them, sir. Now, up with your hands, Carlson. Up with them, I say. Why, you... Never mind that, Carlson. Get over here. Denny, give me one of those guns. Who hit me? I did. You were so sure of yourself, Carlson, you never saw Miss Wynn lean out of the cabin porthole. Denny, go unlock that door and let Miss Wynn out. Right, sir. If I may say so, sir, it's a great privilege to unlock the door for the guardian angel. 
Are you all right, Isabel? Yes, I'm fine. Good. Denny, go down in the hold and pick up Miller. He'll be coming too just about now. Right, sir. Oh, and Denny. Yes, sir. I want to get Carlson and Miss Wynne back to shore. We'll take the Mary Ann. The rotor's still tied on at the landing steps. Bring Miller up and take him back with you in the rotor. Keep an eye on him, Denny. Keep a finger on your trigger. I'll take good care of him, sir. See you later. Have a pleasant ride, Mr. Carlson. Captain Drummond, did this man kill my father? Yes, he and Miller. They did it together. Your father found out that Carlson was running more than an oyster house. That's why Carlson tried to buy him out. And then when father wouldn't sell, he forced him on the roller coaster. But why? Because he was smuggling dope. That was it? Yes. He brought the drugs into the sound on his yacht and used the ride your father was operating as a blind for his smuggling. He landed his stuff on shore through the ride in the moonlight. The ride in the moonlight? Yes. One of his men, and perhaps a woman, to make it look like two people enjoying the ride, would buy a ticket, run the boat out through the tunnel into the sound, and then they'd steer out to the yacht where the packages would be picked up. I see. And in those packages? Oysters. Oysters? Mm Mm-hmm. Oysters packed with a drug. In case they were discovered in the process, those packages were very proper. Just a box of oysters bought at Carlson's Oyster Bar. How did you find out about the ride in the moonlight? Well, when we took our first ride, you remember the attendant said not to take the rotor, that she was out of order? Yes, I do remember. Well, I ran my hand across the motor. It was still hot. The boat was in good shape. And as I judged from the make of the motor, faster than the other boats. And then there was oil on the front of the boat. Oil? Yes, Carlson, oil. When we took that first ride, Isabel, and stayed in the lanes marked for the ride, our boat didn't pick up any oil. But the rotor had oil in her bow. Now, oil on the sound can mean only one thing, a vessel. Carlson's yacht is the only vessel within half a mile. That was the last piece to the puzzle. Uh, The last piece but one. What do you mean, the last but one? The last question was how to get off Carlson's yacht with him pointing a gun at me. And you answered that one, Isabel. With my good right hand? Yes. When we've deposited our murderer here and Denny comes in with Miller, the ride in the moonlight will be restricted to couples interested exclusively in the moon. I'll be back in just a moment to tell you about next week's story. Denny and I encounter an ex-convict with but one thing on his mind, revenge. Our story involves the brutal slaying of three people, all involved as murder gets out on bail. Be sure to listen, won't you?
everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Into his American adventures comes Bulldog Drummond. Once a year, there comes into every man's life, even a detective's. The time when he recaptures the spirit of his boyhood. Hurry, hurry, hurry! This way to the main entrance to the big top. This to is the time when the greatest show on hurry, earth, the circus, hurry, hurry. has come to town. In the magic wonderland of a sawdust earth and a canvas sky, the years roll back to the springtime of life. And thus it was that Denny and I were on the midway headed for the big top. We came to the circus in our yearly search for the thrills of lost youth. But we found murder. Captain Drummond, uh, just a moment, please. What now, Denny? That popcorn stand over there. We still have ample time for the main show. Again? Denny, you're worse than a child. Three hot dogs, two ice cream cones, four bags of peanuts. Only two bags for myself, sir. I shared them with the elephant. Very well. Two bags of peanuts. And now popcorn. Denny, you'll get sick just like a child who overeats during his day at the circus. Oh, good, sir. Then I'll feel like a child again. Oh, well, what's the use? Very well. Popcorn it'll be. Now, really, sir. I say. I'm sorry. Well, young lady, I suggest that you watch where you're going. You nearly knocked me I'm sorry. Apparently, this is your pocketbook. Uh, Yes, thank you. You're welcome. Come along, Denny. Just a minute, please. Yes? Would you do me a favor? What? A very special favor. It's terribly important. Why do you keep looking around? Please don't ask me questions now. Just put your arms around me quickly. What? Now, look here, young lady. Put your arms around me. He's coming this way. Please, please. Uh, All right. Like this? Yes. Really, sir? Hold me closer. Here he comes. Closer? Yes. Please, you mustn't see me. Like this? Yes. Be careful, sir. She you might... trust me, honestly. It'll only be for a moment. Well, frankly, it's a rather pleasant moment. Captain Drummond, to say the least, this is quite unusual. To say the least, it is, Denny. It is. Uh, am I holding you too tightly, Miss... Um... No. I didn't get your name. Please, you mustn't ask me questions. I warn you, sir. She's up to something. He's gone. You can let me go now. Oh, huh. I'm sorry. I... Afraid I was carried away with my work. I don't know how to thank you. Uh, perhaps I could pay you for your trouble. Oh, no, thank you. The pleasure was mine. Uh, you've been very kind. Goodbye. Oh, she's running off, sir. Quick, we must follow her. No, no, just a minute, Denny. But, sir, she may have... Uh, she may have what? Well, I don't know, but a young lady just doesn't ask a stranger to embrace her unless she's up to something. Or in trouble. 
which is apparently the case in which Miss X has found herself. Oh, and now she's disappeared into the crowd and we know nothing about her. Perhaps we can find out something. How? By looking for the needle in the haystack? No, Denny. By looking for the man who pursued Miss X through the crowd here. And where do you expect to find him? About 20 feet from the spot where we're standing. What? Come along. He's right over there, still looking for Miss X. There, you see, that circus attendant, he's the one. How do you know, sir? Because our young lady in distress fairly shuddered in my arms when he passed by. Now, I'll do the talking, Denny. Yes, sir. Uh, pardon me? Yeah? Are you looking for someone? What's it to you? I can help you. Go on, beat it. You're looking for a young lady. I'd say she's about 25, blonde, very attractive. Say, how do you know? Knowing things is my business. Where is she? Why? Because it's important. To whom? Now listen, I gotta find her and find her quick, so come on, give. As soon as you tell me why your finding her is so important. Because, Nosey, that dame is Marion Mars of the Flying Marses, the Star Trapeze Act in this circus. The act goes on in 15 minutes, and we've been trying to find her. Now tell me, where is she? I don't know. What? Say, bud, what are you giving me? The last time I saw the young lady, she was headed for the big tent. Get out of my way. I gotta find that day before I lose my job. So, our mysterious Miss X is Marion Morris, Denny. Of the flying Morrisons. And she certainly had us up in the air. Quite. But now that we're down to earth again, we're going to look her up. Good, good. Frankly, sir, I'm curious as to why she was hiding from that man. And, Denny, I am especially curious as to this. Why, sir, it's a gun. Where did you get it? While I was doing Marion Morris the favor of uh, embracing her, she slipped this revolver into my topcoat pocket. There's their dressing room wagon, Denny. Oh, the Flying Morrises, Continental Death-Defying Aerialists. Come on. Oh, why must these things always happen to us? Now we'll miss the main show and all the circus excitement. We still have ten minutes. Besides, I have a feeling we're in for some private excitement outside the sawdust rings. Here's the wagon. Yes? We're looking for Marion Morris. What do you want? Oh, it's a personal matter. I should like to see her alone. Uh, she not here. What you want from Marion? I said it was a personal matter. When did you see her last? I do not answer strangers' questions. Well, you'd better answer ours if you know what's good for you. This gentleman is Captain Hugh Drummond. You are police? Semi-officially. Now... Uh, Marion would do nothing wrong. She's a good girl. I bring her up since time she was so big. I, Santos Gomez, teach her always to do right. Please... You tell me why you here? First, where is Marion now? She in main tent with Paul. Paul? Yes, her husband, Aunt Chris Adams. The three of them. They are the great flying Morrises. Uh, they do their act in five minutes. Please, now you tell me what kind of trouble Marion needs. I didn't say she was in trouble. But from the looks of things, she's headed straight for it. What do you mean? This revolver. Where? Where do you get it? You recognize it? I know someday it'd bring trouble. Gun bring only disaster. I tell him only wicked man have need of gun. I tell him. This revolver isn't Marion's. No, no. Marion is good girl. He make trouble. 
He have gone to kill. I know. Come on, no. come on. Who is he supposed to be? If this revolver isn't Marion's, whose is it? That gun is his, her husband Paul. I tell him gun only make trouble. Yeah. Give me your hand, Marion. I'll help you up. Come on. That's it. Chris Adams, the gallant young man on the flying trapeze. Oh. I was just being helpful. You're too helpful, Adams. I don't like it. I told you a hundred times, Marion's my then wife. Why don't I... you treat her decently as a wife should be? And I don't like your concern about my manners toward my wife. Now listen, oh, you. Chris, please, not now. And where were you two before showtime? I know you're sneaking off to meet each other. That's a lie. It's no use, Chris. You won't believe anything we say. Let, let's not argue now. Why, Mrs. Morris? Do you object to our audience below? This isn't part of the show. Can't we wait till later? There may not be later. One slip from up here and down and out goes one of us. This trio could very easily become a doubles act. I suppose that's occurred to you too many times, how simple it would be to get rid of me. Oh, stop it. Very well. Some fool once said the show must go on. But I've often wondered why. Ladies and gentlemen, you attention, ladies. Ladies and gentlemen, I call your attention to the high trapezes. The stand is 70 and 80 feet above in midair. I call your attention to the flying monitors, the greatest aerial act of the sanctuary. The flying monitors will now bring you with aerial acrobatics. Yes, the flying acrobatics that require superhuman nerves and steel. For as you can see, there is no safety net below it. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the daring, lying voices. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the unhappy flying Morrison. Oh, please stop. Let's get ready. May I have the rosin bag? My hands are damp. Of course, here. Well, I'm sorry. Now, how did that happen? Paul, you dropped that rosin bag purposely. Did I? Paul, you... Never mind, Mary, and this towel will do. Let's get going. Mustn't keep our audience waiting. Oh, by the way, Chris, I'll go first today. But what you'll do my routine, including the double flip. Well, you can't do that to Chris. I said he'll do the double flip. Chris hasn't done it in months. He might be killed. <laughs> That's right, Mary dear. If Chris does that double flip in my place, he might be killed. Oh, you can't do a thing like that. Well, here I go. So long, and good luck, Chris. Chris. Don't worry, Marion. I can handle it. I don't know what's got into him. This is my last day with the act. It's better that way. He'll be back in a few seconds. It's my turn now. Careful. I'll be okay. Here he comes. <clears throat> All right, Chris, get into your act. Here goes nothing. True words were never spoken. Paul, you're trying to have Chris kill himself. Really, Marion, such concern. Oh, please, you must believe it. There's nothing between Chris and me. Of course. And you love me, don't you? Don't you love me? How could I? <laughs> There's your precious Chris. Now let's see how he comes out on the double flip. He made it. He made it. Yes, he made it. 
Well, now we can have that little talk later after all. I'll get up to the next platform. Give Chris my congratulations. Oh, well, I did it. Thank goodness. Ready for your swing? Yes. Ready down there? Ready. There he goes. Now get set. I'm set. Marion, wait. Oh. Look. Oh. 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 His trapeze is broken. He's getting grip. He can't hold on. I'll be back in a moment to continue our story. The greatest show on earth unfolds a drama packed with thrills and excitement. But on a trapeze platform 70 feet above the sawdust rings, a private drama went on. Result, a man is killed. Oh, Sandra. Sandra, it was, it was terrible. He, he didn't have a chance. He, he didn't. No, no, Marion, Marion. You, you must not cry like that, my child. He, he just didn't have a chance. I, I don't know how it happened to now, you listen to me. It was perhaps for the best, what? you know. Yes. He was wicked, and the wicked are punished. Oh, no. Santos, you mustn't. You mustn't say that. It's not... Now, now, Marion, you, you, you must rest. You hear me? You rest. I will not let you be disturbed. You rest now. Yes? I should like to speak to Mrs. Morris. I will not let her be disturbed. Later you come back. Uh, who is it, Sandra? Pardon me. Uh, wait. Uh, wait a minute. I say you come later, Marion. Me? My sympathy, Mrs. Morris. You? What are you doing here? This man is Captain Drummond, Marion. Oh, Yes, he say that you put Paul's gun in his pocket. Mrs. Morris is quite aware of the details. Uh, Captain Drummond, I um, I can explain that. I I wanted to get rid of that gun. I, I was afraid that my husband would. That your husband would what, Mrs. Morris? That he would kill Chris Adams with that gun. Captain Drummond, Paul was jealous. He he was insanely jealous. And there was no reason for it. You must believe me. I, I had to get rid of that gun before something terrible happened. Marion, tell truth. I know. Oh, yes, undoubtedly. Yes, it, it is the truth. Captain Norman, it is. You You must believe it. I, I, you you leave Marion alone. She, she has great tragedy <laughs> when her husband died in accident. But Paul Morris's death wasn't an accident. What are you saying? It... It wasn't an accident. Both ropes supporting his trapeze had been filed down to give way on the heavy strain. What you say? I say Paul Morris was the victim of a planned, deliberate murder. Over here, Denny. Over here. 
No sign of Chris Evans anywhere, sir. I searched the entire circus area. What about you? No luck, either. I've been spotting his dressing wagon over there for the past hour. He hasn't shown up. Denny, it's about time we had a look into that tent. Come on, we're through waiting. Well, in the vernacular, sir, Adams has taken it on the leg of mutton. On the lamb, Denny. Well, whatever it is, sir, he's gone. There's no doubt in my mind that he's the murderer. He's the one who filed those trapeze ropes. That's a valid possibility. Possibility? It's a certainty, sir. The motive is well established. He hated Paul Morris. So did Santos. And don't forget that Santos was in charge of packing and setting up the axe equipment. As a matter of fact, Denny, Mrs. Morris doesn't escape my suspicion either. But neither Santos nor Mrs. Morris ran away. That much is in their favor. Yes, that and nothing more. All right, come on in. We'll see what this dressing room has to offer. Uh, pull on that light over there. I say, sir... What if Adam should return and find us here? But, Denny, you're the one who's convinced he's flown the coop. Yes, but, you know, sir, just in case. Then his presence will be most welcome. In the meantime, let's have a look around. See what you can find in that trunk over there. I'll look into this one. Yes, sir. Nothing in here, sir. Nothing but his circus attire. Uh, There's a valise over there near the dressing table. Check on that. Well. What is it, sir? Come here, Denny. Look at this. What? Captain Drummond. Is this what the well-equipped aerialist carries about? A carpenter's file. Well-equipped murderer is more like it. I told you all along, sir. Adams is the murderer. There's Exhibit A. So it seems. Don't move. You're both what? covered. Why, sir, is I that... said don't move. It's the circus attendant who pursued Mrs. Morris through the crowd this evening. So it is. You know, Denny, we've quite forgotten to take this gentleman into consideration. All right, cut the jabber, you two. What are you doing here? We might ask you the same question. Yeah, you might. Only me and this shooter asking the questions. Hey, what's that you got in your hands? As if the gentleman didn't know, Denny. Cut the act. What is it? A carpenter's file. And... A murder weapon. Murder weapon? The gentleman appears genuinely surprised. Come on, give. If you insist, this file was evidently used in bringing about the death of Paul Morris this evening. And you found it here in Adam's tent? That's the general idea. Hey, what are you two doing mixed up in this business? The name is Drummond. I specialize in this type of business. Your name's what? Captain Drummond, and I'm Denny. Well, why didn't you say so? You didn't ask. Does it make any difference? <laughs> oh, it doesn't make any difference. I'm telling this guy Adams myself for the Acme Insurance Company. Name's Al Monahan. You're a detective. Yeah. This guy Adams had a trapeze act with a dame in another show last year. The dame's a nice kid named Evelyn Roberts. So one night, Evelyn takes a 60-foot dive, and she's out of this world. To the cops, everything looks legit, and Adams collects the insurance on the act. But Acme don't like the way the case smells, so they retain me to bloodhound Adams, which I do. 
So Adams ties up with the Morrises I and... I told you, sir. Adams was the killer. Go on, Monaghan. So he ties up with the Morrises. The way I see it, he makes a play for the dame, which ain't hard on account of she ain't so hot for a ball and chain anyway. So Adams is in solid. Morris takes a nosedive thanks to Adams. The dame knows for nothing... And Adams works her for a grab of the insurance, though. Well, aren't you going to tell Mrs. Morris? Ah, uh, you crazy. The dame's in love with a guy. She might even give him the tip off. No, I just sit and wait for Adams. I say, imagine that, sir. He expects to capture a killer just by sitting and waiting. Sure, it's easy. I keep an open eye on the dame. Now she's the cheese in my trap. Adams is hungry for that insurance, though, and when she gets it, the rat comes out of his hole for the nibble, and Monahan's got him. Take the car around back to the garage, Danny. I'll go up to the apartment a while. Yes, sir. Captain Drummond. Adams. I thought you'd never get here. I've been waiting outside your house for hours. And I've been looking for you. I know it, but it had to be this way. I've got to talk to you. All right, you can talk to me down at police headquarters. No, you don't understand. You've got to help me. The way you helped Paul Morris? Believe me, I had nothing to do with it. Oh, yes, yes, it was an accident. Like Evelyn Roberts' death. Evelyn? I know all about it. Evelyn's death was an accident. I was completely exonerated. It won't be that simple this time. Now you're up against an open and shut case of murder. But I don't... With evidence complete, down to the murder weapon. The carpenter's file found in your trunk. But that's impossible. Don't you see? That murder wasn't planned for Paul Morris. What? Paul made me switch parts with him tonight. He was doing my routine. I perform on the upper trapeze. That murder was planned for me. what you're supposed to do. Yes. I'm to walk in as if I knew nothing. I'm to play for time. Right. And play it to the hilt. Thank you, sir. I don't understand all this letting Mr. Adams walk into a trap, probably to certain death. He'll be protected. May I ask how? You'll see, Denny. Oh, really, sir? It's as if you didn't trust me. Why, Denny? Well, it's true. And that telegram you received this morning, you were secretive about that, too. Denny, you'll learn everything in due time. If things work out to my expectations. Please, sir. Do you mind giving Mr. Adams and me just a slight idea of what you expect to happen? I'm borrowing from the detective Monaghan. But it's obvious now that Monaghan's conclusions were wrong. Oh, it's not his conclusions. It's his method of trapping the killer that appeals to me. I think it'll work out. At any rate, we'll soon find out. Here's Marion Morris's dressing wagon. Adams, you go first. All right. Yes, come in. Chris! Hello, Marion. Chris, where have you been? Oh, Captain Dunn. We came along. I have some news for you. You found my husband's murderer. I knew Chris didn't do it. I, I knew it. Where is Santos? Oh, no, no, no. It, it isn't Santos. He wouldn't... I suggest that you answer Captain Drummond's question. Where is he? Why, he's packing our equipment away. 
Shall I get him, sir? In a moment, Denise. Oh, Santos didn't do it. Please, please believe me, he wouldn't. Then perhaps you, Mrs. Morris. Me? Kill my husband? Now, sir, we've got her dead to rights. She's lying. Marion, you knew that I was to use the upper trapeze. That your husband switched routines at the last minute. Switched routines? Yes, and you knew it. Stop acting, Mrs. Morris. Paul switched routines with Chris? Yes. Yes, that's right. Paul did switch routines with Chris. Marion, you wanted to kill me. No. No, Chris, no, I... Captain Drummond, what was that? My expectations. Come on, Denny. You two wait here. Captain Drummond, I have him. Why, sir, it's Santos and Monaghan. Good work, Santos. Drummond, I should have knocked you off last night. Why, then, sir, it was Monaghan all the time. He tried to kill like you say, Captain Drummond. I stopped him in time. I grab gun, the shot, it go into the air. You can let him go now, Santos. I have him covered. But, sir, whom was he shooting at? Chris Adams. Yeah, and I would have gotten him if you... By the way, Monaghan, your sleuth act went well. I believed you up to a point. Then he isn't a private detective after all. No, Denny. That telegram I received this morning, the one about which you were so curious, came from the Acme Insurance Company in answer to an inquiry of mine. They had no detective trailing Adams, not even one named Monaghan. Well, then who is he? Roberts. That's who I am, Al Roberts. Roberts? Evelyn Roberts. Chris Adams' former partner, the one who fell to her death. The one they murdered, my sister. They lied. The cops, all of them, they lied. He murdered her. I'll get him. I'll get him yet. As usual, sir, I'm surprised at the outcome. How did you know that Monaghan, or rather Roberts, was the killer? I didn't. I was just curious as to where he fitted in this case. But what prompted you to check on him in the first place? Just a hunch, Denny. And also his philosophy of sitting and waiting for a killer. What do you mean, sir? A good detective just doesn't sit and wait for things to happen. Who, on the contrary, sir, I consider you the finest of detectives. Thank you, Denny. And I was about to suggest after we deliver Roberts here to the police, that you join me in some sitting and waiting. Denny, what are you talking about? The big top over there, sir. Hmm? I suggest that we sit down peacefully in the stands in the big top and quietly wait for the circus to begin. I'll be back in a moment to tell you about next week's story. Mysterious phone call arouses my curiosity. And so Denny and I are off on a strange story that begins with a stabbing and ends in murder. I call this story The Deadly Stand-In. Be sure to listen, won't you?